0: I'm Jack Dean.
1: I'm Raven Walker. I'm Thorin George.
0: I'm Luke Job.
1: And I'm Holly Lyons.
0: And this is Modular.
1: The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. These are the
2: pre-written stories made by the guys who made up Dungeons and Dragons. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them
3: for you. And today, aura. We are joined by a very special guest, our editor, Holly Lyons.
4: Yeah, I'm here to once again host our season <laughs> recap episode. We have lots of fun questions from our audience. We have some sneak peeks at what's to come. And we get to hear about the cast's feelings on the story and Thorne's thoughts on why he told the story the way he did.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. But you should be warned. Modular is not a show for kids. We'll likely use explicit language in this episode, and each of our castmates is currently either drunk or drinking. So please be warned.
2: I'm, I'm six drinks deep, if not more. <laughs> He's <than> utterly <laughs> soused.
1: I lost, I lost track. Aye, brother. Now, without further ado, welcome to Modular.
2: And our season recap for Horde of the Dragon Queen.
0: Is this the banter okay. section? Yeah. This is the banter uh, section. Is, is the queen she, dead? Is she is she dead? dead? Is the queen is dead?
2: dead? Is the queen dead?
0: I'm so
3: glad you are. You're glad you asked that, guys. I don't well, think
2: she is.
0: F,
3: F Controversial. FMK, the well, queen being alive, the queen being dead, and the queen being undead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my current theory is that they weekend and
0: burning it. Um, if she di- if she died in 2021, she would have been the longest reigning monarch with a uh, with a reign of wait for it 69 years.
1: That's iconic though. Why couldn't she just? Why couldn't exactly. she yeah, No, if the queen
2: if the queen was if the queen was dead, they would have announced it. There would have announced it. There's
0: no reason to you would think there's that. No reason however, to tell
2: the public that she's alive, so, there's literally like what is the like what is the purpose of, of the public thinking that she's dead?
0: Well, you, you'd you'd think that they would tell the public instantly. However, if she died at the tail end of last year to announce it, would have Are seriously serious? decreased the uh, British economy because of because it's close to Christmas and because of oh, a lot of f- things yeah. happening. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Shit, it's important. So time there of there is a big argument in, to be made that they faked it. Okay, so um, I saw a Tumblr post, and I don't know if Shit, this image I just is doctor because my fucking
2: beer in my closet.
1: Well, clean up that beer, King. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, But it was basically like a news article that says, Doctor explains why Queen's hands have turned purple. And at this point, they're in the Buckingham Palace hooking up the Queen's nipples to car batteries in an attempt to reanimate her. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this just in. Buckingham Palace has brought in the Royal Necromancer for reasons we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, like... As kills a, as me. A, that so, killed me. That
0: killed me. Honestly. As a side note, you do know that, like historically, the the royal court of England has always had a wizard.
1: That's I no, that. I not We don't learn that. It.
0: Oh, absolutely! And what a fucking easy job that would be. I want to be back the, in the
1: like. You just say the whatever the fuck would you be the wizard for like a royal family i feel like that that seems like something I like he would take that role, i should have know? written
2: a version so i could become the wizard
0: <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine like they'd be like oh what do you see the future being about be like, hold on let me throw some fucking beans into a fire and i'll tell you and you do it and you say some cryptic bullshit the, and you're fine
1: like the the um smoke pattern in your tea seems suspicious mm. my lady <laughs> um,
0: no, there, there are, there are tons of books written by the the wizards of the court.
1: Can I, I wizards of the, the court? Wild. That's who makes D anD D. I need those links. I want to read those books.
0: Been, uh, as a as a side note, we'll, we'll get into this thing. But as a side note, I found out recently that my parents, who live in in Brighton, the uh, the last um, queen of the witches in terms of like paganism, moved to Brighton in the nineteen nineties and then disappeared, and no one knows where she is. So, Hell yeah. And and I thought for a very long time, a lot of the people I meet and see in Brighton, I'm like, yeah, you could be a witch. So
2: why <laughs> why did the witches have a queen? I thought the witches. According to American scripture, the we- the witches worship Lucifer,
3: the devil.
0: Uh, listen, I'm 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 a layman. I'm not a witch myself. I'd love to be a witch, but I, so I don't I don't know the inspiration. Was that how, the inspiration you know much... for Locke?
3: Partially, actually, yeah, partially. Um, and boom, we're into the episode just like that. Like
2: <laughs> a... Holy yeah. shit! I'm yeah, no more man. fucking banter.
3: <clears throat> All right. Well, I yeah, think what a segue. Um. So here's the thing. Um, We finished Horde of the Dragon Queen. We're going to take a little break from that story, but then we're going to come back with Rise of Tiamat. So when it comes to Annie and it comes to Locke and it comes to Voltaroy, their stories are not over. So if you're worried about that, don't worry about it, okay? Because they are coming back. They're about to be over.
0: Yeah, unless we die in the the
3: season finale. (laughs) Now that's true. But until then, Holly has some questions um, for us.
4: Yes. So um, this week, everybody's been collecting these um, questions via social media, um, vi- <laughs> via snail mail, all all of the all, all <laughs> the available, you know, uh, things. So uh, we'll go into the first one. So the first question is from Sydney Donahue on Twitter.
2: I love Sydney Donahue. Yeah.
3: It sounds hot.
4: Oh my gosh, she's <laughs> wonderful. So what, what was everyone's babe. favorite fight this season?
3: Thorin, take us away.
2: (laughs) Oh, you want me to do it? My favorite fight this season was the fight with uh, Bronzebeard. Because Mm -hmm. that was, like, the only fight that I made myself that that wasn't really in the book. uh, Because Bronzebeard was my creation. Um, And so everything dealing with him was my creation. Including um, that fight, and including his, like, sword and all of his powers and everything... And I just I was a big fan. I could have killed you all. I chose not to <laughs> <laughs> That's you know and that's mm-hmm. the kind of power that I hold as the as the DM and I really I'm a big fan of that power um, hanging hanging you guys between the balance of life and death at all, at all times.
1: Um,
3: okay, so Raven, what's your answer to this question?
1: <clears throat> I think. There's kind of two that stick out to me. I really like the fight with Bronzebeard, even though I think that's the only fight I actually went down in. <laughs> yeah. <Just laughs> I MVP think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think, I think that's is. the only fight that I actually officially KO'd. But I think in terms of any story, that was probably the most interesting interaction that she's had. Um, she really admired Bronzebeard, loved working on his meat cart, did not really expect him to be a member of the cult. Even though, like, you know, out of character Luke was very adamant that he was definitely a Luke was
2: very adamant and it made me so mad. (laughs) Yeah, he actually I actually can I be honest about something? I was not going to make Bronzebeard a member of the cult until Luke said something. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god
1: i was like great and then i
2: was like you know what and line. then i was like you know what that would actually be a fun little twist
3: no nah, he's fucking lying yeah it had to be him he's lying had you be- think
2: you think i'm lying but i'm being legitimate <laughs> I'll, I'll go out and say this Liar. may this may be an answer to a question later i i improvised a lot of things that happened on the show uh, based on the reactions of the cast, both within and without the the actual recordings of the podcast. So, like, things that, that Jack and Raven and Luke would say to me, definitely, uh, like, outside of recordings, definitely affected how I made the season continue.
3: Okay, so Jack, what was your favorite fight?
0: <laughs> um... Obviously, the Bronze Bid one was very good, and I very much appreciate I, re- I really enjoyed our season finale. Um, can I spoil what that was about? People have heard that by now, right? So, yeah, okay, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it yeah, it yeah, yeah. The dragon, the if you dragon.
4: haven't
0: heard it by uh, now, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, what the come, the come fuck on. Fuck Let's you If you skip
4: the
2: season finale to go straight <clears throat> to the talkback, that's on you, dog.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, one I always come back to, and it sounds a little selfish cause I, because Locke was the only character doing it, but it was Locke's first battle with Sirenrath um which i found which i really liked because one like it, it was a time it was a time where sort of lock shows his true cards but it's also a time when i was like my couch is going to die um because i wasn't able to use all the spells i was planning on using i spent like because we had like a two-week interval between that i spent all that time planning i was like okay no if he does this move i'll do this move and there was a lot of that i couldn't end up doing um and I—I I don't know. It was—it was a really good moment of kind of realizing how underprepared we were as these sort of third-level adventurers, rushing and going, "We can save the day," and then spending the majority of the campaign being like, ooh, we can't." <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed that one a
3: lot.
2: Luke, what was your favorite fight?
3: Um, my favorite fight was definitely uh, the finale with the dragon. Uh, that, that shit was—that
2: fight, fight was cool as shit.
3: That shit was oh, sh- no shit. Definitely number cool. two. Definitely number um, two for me. Yeah, so I don't know about y'all, but like, anytime something really cool happens in Dungeons and Dragons, hmm. I like imagine it in my in my uh, in my head movie, like a hmm. like a dope cartoon. And so the moment where Locke blinks back into reality, sk- like like slides up, up across the ice, and casts Spare the Dying on Vodrey to save his life. That shit to me is like peak cinema but for my my brain <laughs> yeah I really enjoy that as well so that's,
2: I always I always imagine d d is like a, as like live action so that's very interesting that you imagine it as like a
1: cartoon
3: I'm a cartoon boy <laughs>
1: yeah I think I see it in cartoons as well
3: I, I want I want an anime like not not an American mm. bullshit. I want like a fully jet ja- like it's essentially what record of Lodos war is if you're a fan. But I want a Japanese-produced full-on anime for D&D, and it's just, an, it's just, like, one of the fucking modules. I don't care what. I, I want to see They that. should do that.
4: Yeah, they should. That that sounds actually really, really cool. Now, be, Holly, as the editor, you've heard
3: every fight yes. that you've done. I'll <laughs> learn Japanese. What What is your
2: favorite fight of the season so far? Oh, or of the season, I should say.
4: Um... One of my favorite, I'll take it back to like an earlier episode, but um, basically when the caravan was still a thing, um, when Mm. Locke encountered the Banshee, um, Mm. Okay. just just as far as like the story goes, I found myself really invested in that, even though there were- Just like Locke versus- that was a good one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that as well. I I genuinely thought he was dead. That
2: was (laughs) a very good pull.
0: Yeah. When I I rolled up um, Sally's soul, I thought Locke was dead. Yeah, uh, it,
1: it was only until we Luke had the I,
0: episode. <clears throat> yeah,
1: Luke and I were gobsmacked by that event,
0: mm-hmm. and so
2: I, I told up. I told no one of the plans that I had for yeah um, for for Locke. I I told Jack he t- he he messaged me privately and was like, "So is Locke dead?" And I said, "I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you be this other character?" <laughs>
0: it was it was only until we started the episode and you went you said something to the effect of lock you open your eyes i was like fuck he's not dead
2: <laughs> was,
0: yeah, who gives a shit about the sally soul character let's go yeah yeah for real
1: <laughs> yeah. okay you guys no, ready for was, another one
0: um, yeah yes yeah, yeah.
4: Just, okay uh, so jacob die on facebook has a burning question when will foreign sing in draconic on the show
2: <laughs> um, I've been working on something. I've been working on something. I've been trying to transcribe a song that I know well into the the dr- the fake Draconic that I
0: made myself, and and that may be coming soon. Who knows? Okay. Is it is it the last Overking from Skyrim, which is presumably your your favorite song ever? <laughs> <laughs> like the theme song for uh, Skyrim? Yeah. Um, that would be very
2: easy. But no, that's not going to be it.
0: Oh, okay,
2: <laughs> I can I can sing part of that right now, but I'm not going to.
0: <laughs>
4: That's fair. Um, That's fair. So Aaron Bourgeoisie on Twitter wants to know, and this is a question for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what part of your character do you see in yourself? I'm glad Thorn laughed so at this,
3: that. N- well, Thorn. <laughs> that was really funny. Thorn's not allowed to talk to this question because it's not his question.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: the characters that I play as part of my personality
3: okay so what part of voteroy Shans do I see in myself um I think on a surface level I just see like a, a general optimistic like attitude towards human beings like actually like the majority of people are good people that want to see the world a better place um, I think that's definitely something Volroy believes in and Um, in a deeper level, I think, uh, with Votoroy's parents, he has a lot of shit to deal with, with like, I at times feel like my parents, specifically his mother, not my mother, but his mother, Mm -hmm. um, kind of, you know, maybe dropped the ball in some instances and he's kind of had to take a step back and it's like, what have they done well? What haven't they done well? How can I learn from both of those and move forward? Oh,
1: that's good wow wow mm.
2: powerful stuff
1: all right mm.
0: what about you raven
1: well you know <clears throat> i think for annie part of me it, it is well one she's obviously she's a lesbian and i am too so that's mm. one thing we do have in common um but i find you're it, both
0: proficient in rapiers
1: yeah we're both i'm actually super <laughs> proficient with a rapier i have like six <laughs> in my house as, as i speak no i'm just kidding um it's a lot of what I wish I was, you know, you just sometimes you're like, and maybe I am these ways and I just don't realize it. But like, I wish I was as daring or, you know, just bold or assertive as Annie is. So I sometimes feel like she compliments me as who I am as a person. I wish to, like, I kind of aspire to be this. And I find a lot with the characters that I make myself that is... Or think of creatively, it's like, or even like in TV, it's like, damn, I wish I was kind of like that person. Um, so yeah, mm. that's kind of how I see it with her.
0: Mm. No, no, I see that. Um, for Locke, I think, I mean, Locke is very much like, um, Locke was the first, like the like almost the first d character I ever had, and I had him for about six years or so before I actually managed to have a chance to play as him. Um, and so there's a lot of, uh, lot of myself and Locke to sort of make it easier on myself for role play. But I think a key one that, or at least one I find the most interesting, is there's this element of Locke which is torn between doing what's right and doing what's easy, in the sense that a lot of what Locke, Locke does is morally apprehensible, um, and a lot of it is sort of taking the easier way out by like murdering and sort of like uh, just sort of this fight in this war and I think part of his arc especially after speaking with Reptidious is about learning to sort of take the harder path and for myself personally I th- uh, like I I feel that there's there's a lot of me that is pragmatic and a lot of me that is quite easy to dis- dismiss people and and sort of moral issues and I have to I, I personally work at kind of being moral at those things and kind of Choosing, go no. I can't just take the easy road on that because it makes sense. I have to like you know do what do what right. And I think that's an interesting thing for Locke. And I'm not sure where uh, Rise of Tiamat is going to see him fall. Whether he's going to become more ruthless or less. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm interested to find out. Oh, Rise
2: of Tiamat, you're all going to die. Very first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very
1: first.
2: Yes, yeah, so it won't
0: matter.
1: <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Yeah, honest. Thing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
4: so this is actually a question for me. So, Ooh. um, what would you say the most challenging part of the season was and why? So this could be for yourself personally or for your character. Um, it's kind of open-ended like that.
0: Um, um, is I'm this ready. another question I'm, that I shouldn't answer?
3: You can answer this, Thorn.
0: Yeah, How did, what was the most challenging thing for you as a DM? Oh, God, that's a good question. Um...
4: I can answer this, actually naming his files correctly. That'd be excellent. <laughs> hey. I've got
2: I an answer. I don't want to do this anymore. I've got an answer. <laughs> <laughs> the, hardest, the hardest part for me is, is... The hardest part for me was, I guess I should say, going... Like, deciding what i should and should not change from the book i took a i took a lot a and and when i say a lot i mean a lot of creative liberties uh from horde of the dragon queen
3: so you'll publish a youtube video
2: (laughs) yeah sure i'll definitely do that
3: you heard it here first folks
2: And and if I don't, you know, hold me accountable, please, uh, everyone. Take legal action. Facebook, yeah. Take honestly, Wizards (laughs) of the Coast, sue the shit out of me, please. No, no,
3: no, 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 no.
2: Just specifically me. Um, but yeah, no. I took I took a lot of I took a lot of creative liberties for Horde of the Dragon Dragon Queen*. Like, for example, um, in the scene where that where that cult member thinks that Annie murdered the other cult member when they're still part of the caravan, I had a uh, bronze beard talk when in reality, it should have been the red wizard of Thay as Barajas who talks. And there's just, there's just several things like that. Like I, I gave a, a, a decision for the party in the very beginning between going to save people from the church and going to confront someone at the windmill. When in reality, those are two separate missions in itself. And there's just a lot of things that I changed not not major things but minor things that I changed that I think I thought personally would make it flow better and so that was that was a very hard decision for me is what do I change and what do I not change to make this season flow better and make it within a, a certain time a, a certain time allotment
3: Okay, yeah, so uh, what, about, what about you, Raven? What was the hardest part of the campaign?
1: So hardest... I think, like, and I don't... I mean, I don't talk about this a lot. <clears throat> I think with Annie, sometimes, like, her actions feel repetitive. So it's me trying to think, because you know what I mean? Like, especially in a, in a fight. Whereas, yeah. you know, Luke and Jack <clears throat> are magic-based characters, so they kind of just... They get to fire a lot of spells or do, like, a super badass thing like fucking conjure up a, a spirit or something like that <laughs> and he's like yeah i'm gonna use my rapier and stab this person and so it's like me trying to like figure out where that doesn't sound repetitive mm-hmm. um mm. do you know what i mean like like figuring yeah. out how to make that i
2: love that though because interesting. i mean personally as as the dungeon master because sorry for interrupting you
1: no but you're good I,
2: I, I I love that you're you're such a, like a martial combatant because the other mm. two are not <laughs> like and you're clearly the MVP. Oh, for You've sure, one hundred percent. The whole
0: campaign. Have y'all did <laughs> you notice the uh,
3: did you notice the, uh, the parallels between the Signrath and the Resmere fight? That yeah, there 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 were, there were there like that was, the exact that same yeah way I felt that. things played out where Annie carried us through both.
1: I I was going (laughs) to say that those were my, that was my second favorite fight was the one with Resmere because I think it was a very, like, especially when Jamna had that conversation with her that was like, aren't they holding you back? And Annie was like, no, they're not because I care about these people and people are important to me. So Mm. we can, we can just shut that down and forget about that. But then she got in that fight with Resmere and she's like, fuck, this is happening again. Like, yes. <laughs> these motherfuckers <laughs> are out and I'm standing here and I'm, sp- <laughs> like, you know, feeling scared. Because um, I think Annie was scared in the last episode. Which she doesn't get scared very often. But she was freaked out by the fucking dragon in the whole situation. And
3: Maybe that's something you I, can explore in the first episode
2: I of really, Dragon of Ice yeah You mean Rise of Tiamat? Rise of yeah. yeah. we Dragon of fire you fucking idiot! <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest.
3: I'll be honest, podcasters. I'm drunk. <laughs> um,
2: Me I, as well, I, I, I'll also be honest. I really wanted to kill you guys. Okay, <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, back to Jack's
3: favorite fight. Back to Jack's yeah. favorite yes. fight. After no, 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 uh, uh, everyone, his his everyone tells my their favorite cool. fight,
2: I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell this this this, this fun fact. <laughs> Okay, cool. My,
3: you can tell the fun fact after after Jack and I tell our, uh, tell it. Well, it's it's not even favored, the most, right. difficult, the most, difficult, thinking, most difficult Most difficult part of the campaign, Jack. Mm. Yeah,
0: well, um. F- first of all, very, very quickly, if it's any consolation, Raven, I feel kind of the same with Locke. I mean, he's only got two spell slots and Eldritch Blast is far and away the best cantrip to have <laughs> as a warlock and it's quite a big problem for warlocks to always like I mean 1d10 plus your charisma modifier if you get the, like if you get That's the Eldritch true, yeah. uh, invocation agonizing blast like every time I'm like I guess I'll yeah. use that it's mm. So I like I felt the same thing, but you know. So I, I get how that um, yeah,
1: you're like, damn,
0: comes across. Oh, get
1: really creative. Yeah.
0: So yeah.
1: And it's like Annie's good at what she does. Mm. She's very good at what she does, and she does like two things.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. But
1: she's so good <laughs> yeah. at them. She's so good. At them. You know I what I mean? That. She's like, wow. Like,
0: I, I mean, in in, in, in one that. sense, I think uh, it, it's interesting cause I, I made Locke to be like, primarily a role like uh, about social interaction rather than combat. Yeah, and sure. Interesting. I, th- I think uh, Annie is actually really. Good at that as well because she has a lot to explore. But but back to um the thing I most found uh, yeah. I found most difficult was probably role playing uh, Sally Salt because it was a lot to sort of move past Locke this character I had in my head for six years and knew a lot about creating an entirely new character that I only used in a one shot we did to test whether I was a good fit for the uh, for the podcast and then kind of one. Try and put on an accent, which is like doing voices is something I'm relatively insecure about. and I'm not particularly talented. So, I mean, it was good to, to try, try that a little bit. But it was also like a, a lot of pressure on myself, um, as well as playing a class that I didn't really know very well. I've never really played a martial class before, um, as well as playing this character and trying to like figure out on the fly where the two other cast members had all these questions like, hey, why are you helping us? And having to sort of uh, on the fly come up with reasonable uh explanations for why sally would just help strangers um that was probably the most difficult it was uh, it was cha- i'm glad i did it it was uh, it was challenging but uh, it sort of taught me a lot about the game and about uh, sort of moving on from lock once uh, this campaign's over
4: mm, that's good yeah, yeah. and
0: what that's about you luke that's a good answer
3: so mm-hmm. mine is definitely like a bone to pick with the actual module um I, uh, pretty much online, like, the two, like, most hated modules seem to be Horde of the Dragon Queen and Princes of the Apocalypse for different reasons. And Horde of the Dragon Queen is hated particularly for the thing I hated it for as well, which was the caravan. <laughs> and I thought the ca- the caravan arc, I thought the caravan arc went way too long. I thought it which was boring. Took up the,
2: which took up the most time.
3: Yeah. I know. Like, the majority of this season, I felt bored. I felt, like, un, like as Votoroy, like, role-playing Votoroy, I was like, wow, we are so underappreciated. And simultaneously, like, we are so undervalued. It was, and it's like, and, and we're just, like, nothing is, like, explained to us. We're given no time. It's like, okay, thanks for doing everything. We actually want you to do this as well. We want you to live yeah. in this caravan for two months. Your life is going to fucking suck. You're barely getting paid. <laughs> um, and, and ultimately, like, we just need some suckers to do this, and I was like, okay, I guess Voltoroi, Annie, and Locke, who all three seem relatively intelligent, are gonna be the suckers for these, mm-hmm. these fucking anti-cultists. Did Volteroy and...
2: ever get paid? I know, I know Annie was supposed to, but did
3: Volteroy? I don't think so. So, I like it's just like extra annoying. I
1: think he was supposed to get paid.
3: Though. Yeah, because I was supposed to be
1: like
3: a fucking guy from the caravan. I mean, I, I wasn't paid at all. I died. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I and, and,
2: and that's and that's <laughs> you were a freelancer and That's something that I had to come up with was the like the 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 healer characters of. God, whatever her fucking name was. That's I right.
3: I was the medic. I was the medic for the yeah, caravan.
2: Yeah. The other. Lydia. Lydia, Lydia. Lydia. the other medic I made up myself. Um, so I. I decide, like, there. The book. Wait, does Lydia. Not Lydia's. Give you medics.
3: Lydia's not in the. In the book?
2: No. Her sister oh. is. Lita.
3: But Lydia oh, okay, herself okay, is great. not. Mm.
2: Interesting.
3: Um, there are no the caravan medics. Well, yeah, I hated the caravan. For some reason. <laughs> So if you were listening to this season, if you stuck through us, stuck through this whole season with us in episodes like, I don't know, like fifteen to twenty five, you were upset and you were like, This is bullshit. I was right there with you. <laughs> we
2: all were we all were. I, I I wanted to get it done quickly, but the book said two months. So
4: Um, unpopular opinion. Uh, I really liked the caravan caravan bits. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like I really there was just... I
1: really liked the caravan. <laughs> I really liked it. I, I get you, Holly, because in a way, for Annie's character, yeah. I think her having that little relationship with Bronzebeard was important mm. to her. So in a way, I'm like mm, the caravan was a good time, but I'm also like God, we were on it for such yeah. oh yeah, it, long was, time. it was it like,
4: was absolutely long. Like there's no question there. I just feel like for all of the characters, like yeah. personal development, like each character had... had their own specific thing. Like mm. everybody was going through something. It was a really bad montage.
1: Yeah. yeah. Of characters going mm. through yes. moments and.
0: But I do, yeah. yeah. But I agree with Holly that says I do think it was probably the biggest impetus for, like, so much of the characters of them. I mean, you were Bronzebeard, um, Votroy with, and I've forgotten his name, but his friend who died. Lasvius. Lasvius as the one. was mm-hmm. and, with, uh, with, <laughs> and with Locke being on his own and, and uh, with, um, with, ah, oh, Reptidius. Locke and um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was a really great moment for, like, exploring a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Um so while while I agree in terms of like the pacing of it, um I think it was done we like we roleplayed the shit out of it. <laughs> Y'all are
3: literally
0: stroking my fucking ego right now.
3: <laughs> it's good. Alright, what's the next question?
4: Good. Um so this is actually from Luke to Thorin. What was one yeah. moment that absolutely did not go the way that you thought it would?
2: Something that I did not expect Vutroy and Locke to die. I did not expect their deaths. I literally have never killed a player before uh, in my time of DMing, which I, I'm still—I I consider myself fairly a new DM. I've been—I've been DMing for what, like four years. I consider that fairly new. Um, I've never killed a player before, and so coming up. The the things about them dying, I had to come up with on the spot, like like Locke meeting the Queen of Witches and Voltoroi meeting his mother. I was like, oh fuck, how do I how do I come up with this? Which I will I will uh grant to I I will say my inspiration was Dimension Twenty, uh Brennan Lee Mulligan, um specifically the first season when he had his characters go to their afterlives, um I. I I took inspiration from that, and I was like, "Well, I can have them go to like specific afterlives right now, and I can have them interact different, like differently." And then that changed the entire course of the story for me. Um, and I have a lot of plans for both Locke and Volturi now because of when they died uh, in the very beginning of the campaign.
4: Mm, okay.
1: Good answer. Okay.
4: Yeah, good answer. Mm. Uh, so this one is from Thorin to Jack and Luke. How did dying and your encounters with your patrons affect how you played and shaped your characters?
3: Uh, well, I didn't meet my patron now, did I? I met my mother. <laughs> yeah, I you met, met my patron. mother. And not not when I died, I didn't. Anyway. Well, mention, like, uh, incorporate when you did meet Tyr as well. Okay, so two completely different things with mm-hmm. very different answers. When I died and I met my mom, uh, it, for Voteroy it was like I had this whole arc planned out about like, you know, essentially like thinking of my mom as this like failure for being a, liter- a literal angel and not being able to save more people 100 years ago. So then me dying with, you know, angel blood or whatever, like, like I've got like the blood of God in me and I'm supposed to like stop this cult and I fucking die in like the fifth episode or whatever. It was very humanizing, <laughs> very humanizing for Votadori to say, oh, shit, like, even if you're destined for greatness, you might you might not end up great. So I think that was that was huge for him. And I think it definitely, like, kind of helps. Like, I mean, I didn't get to roleplay Votadori much before that point. What I was going to maybe push more was, like, because I'm this, I have to do, uh, because I'm X, I have to do Y. But because that death happened the way it did, it was like, well, it doesn't matter if I'm X or I'm Y or I'm Z, I still just have to help people that are in front of me. Um, and then meeting Tyr, I'm still pissed about that interaction because <laughs> Tyr acted like a fucking punk and was like, you are not, you're not doing good, but I had a seat, I had a seat at my table for Bronzebeard and... You're not acting the way I want. Well, bitch, I'm not a cleric, okay? I don't get my powers from you, okay? I'm still a good servant. I'll keep being a dutiful servant. I'm sorry I blew one dude's head off. Oh, my God. Fucking sue me. But at the end of the day, like, I was a little bit pissed because I'm like, my. at the end of the day, Tyr, you can't, what are you going to strip me of my whole life? Are you going to smite me? Because, like, you can't take my powers. They're not from you. They're from my mom. They're from my fucking blood, bro. You never know what Tyr will do. I hope that Tear shits himself in his closet while he's recording this episode. That's what I hope Tear does. <laughs> All right, Jack, what about you? Mm.
0: Um, yeah, I think um, I think there was like these... I wasn't expecting for... A, bi- a big thing with playing a warlock is... One of the reasons I'm really attracted to the warlock as a class is that it's got background baked in. Like things like a, a fighter or a barbarian or whatever. Uh, while fantastic classes in their own right a warlock specifically has made it made a deal that is usually pretty shit, uh, as like, as somehow contacted an otherworldly being, which is, um, really interesting. So I wasn't expecting to, for that to be baked into, uh, this plot, uh, as early on as it was or at all. Um, and very early on, I tried to sort of subvert the usual sort of, uh, slightly more emo versions of warlocks where they hate their patron or they've made a mistake or something like that. I wanted to explore this idea that lock, lock, Met his patron, instantly fell in love, and and his devotion was something of more of an affection, and then it became clear because very, um, shortly before he met her uh, and died, um, he uh, rolled a natural one an eldritch blast, and it blew up in his hand and did some damage, and I think that sort of started this cycle. And when when he met her, she was kind of dismissive of him, and kind of like I brought you back, but this is your only, this is your only chance. And it, he sort of it sort of snowballed this idea that she wasn't good for him. And was like uh, was you know she's a all powerful semi deity type figure, um, and as a result, I think both Fae and Gemna are kind of expressions of that. That there's this uh, there's this idea of his of him placing his love where it doesn't belong, and him <laughs> placing it in a cultist he barely knows, and then placing it in an assassin he barely knows. I think there's a lot of him that is kind of <coughs> struggling with the fact that he doesn't. He doesn't really have an identity outside of placing all this devotion in people, uh, and him placing it in the Witch Queen, and then realizing he doesn't quite agree with it yet, still having all this power and not speaking to her since, um, means a lot for him in terms of how I think he's developing as a person, kind of how he's interacting with other people. Um, so I think it's I think it's had huge ramifications. I think it's really, in fact, um, affected how I've role played. Lock for the rest of the uh campaign hell yeah i'm very excited to see you interact
2: with jamna more
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if i'd known the amount of jokes that were coming afterwards i probably would have said no immediately
2: (laughs) we never Uh, know do we
0: yeah open up that pandora's box
4: oh my gosh you guys are crazy this one is for raven (laughs) How do you think Annie will react if her father is a member of the Dragon Cult? How do you think she will react if her mother's killer is pivotal to the war against Tiamat? This
1: one. Ooh. Yeah, I think she'll be pretty upset. I mean, I don't know if she has many expectations because in like my story of her is that her mom never really talked much about her father. She was just like yeah, hired to kill but it didn't happen and I don't know much about him. So she was raised in a very much like, we don't really talk about him much. And so that's kind of why she's just very surface level, like happy-go-lucky. She doesn't really get upset very often. She is kind of bold and brash, but that's just her brand. Um, more like so sure in the trash. Pretty,
0: All right, Squidward. Yeah, more like
1: <laughs> <not, belongs laughs> in the trash. But um, she, I think she would be pretty upset, right? Hmm. Like, I think there's been a couple points where she's been kind of like, not necessarily irritated, but overwhelmed at the events that her two compatriots are going through (laughs) at all times, because they're always going through a crisis. So she's kind of like, I need to be the one that holds it together, because if someone doesn't have their act together, then we're going to look a real mess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's, like, always been her go-to, because, you know, that's nature of her work, nature of her mm. profession. But I would expect her to get very emotional and upset if her father is a cult member indeed. Or if the killer of her mother is a pivotal member of this whole shebang. Mm. Yes. <sighs> I don't know about oh, you yeah. guys,
4: but I'm, I'm pretty emotional right now. Um, this, is, this, is, <laughs> this is great to be here with all of you. Um, so. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well... Hey,
2: to interrupt, is the next question directed towards me?
4: Because <laughs> <laughs> I, to, I
2: do have to pee.
4: Well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to hold it because it's from me to you. It's a oh, wholesome Holly. one, too. Yeah, it's wholesome. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your favorite thing about the party members this season?
3: Ooh.
2: Mm-hmm. Stop. I'm going to cry.
4: Yeah, see, I told <laughs> you. I'm emotional. It's going to be emotional. And plus, I okay. guess. Oh, why you would
3: everybody. you cry for that question? That doesn't even make sense. Just because Holly. <laughs> the,
4: the reason I'm crying is because Holly
2: <laughs> had the question for me, okay? <laughs> God! <laughs> Context clues! Um, my favorite things about the party this season. I liked Locke's tenacity. I liked how he just never never once, regardless of whatever situation he was in, he never gave up, which is basically the definition of tenacity for those of you who don't know <laughs> um, i i I was a big fan of of uh <laughs> Voteroi's I was I was the biggest fan probably of Vultoroy's, um social ineptitude.
4: Um, <laughs> oh, there were some good bits. There were some. Good there were so bits. many good
2: bits when when when, when just could not read the room. That was like literally my favorite shit. Like that... my
3: favorite thing from that was telling Locke's family that he was yeah. a warlock. <laughs> yeah. burning, a spell sl- <laughs> burning one of my two spell slots to try and put you to
0: sleep, failing and then going into one of the biggest fights we've ever been to, missing a spell slot. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> that shit was so
2: fucking funny to me. God yeah. And then and then Annie just it's hard to pick a favorite point about Annie. And I'm not saying that as like a generic, oh, Annie was great and all in <laughs> all points. But like Annie was just Raven, you interacted with every character differently than how I expected you to. And I loved that incredibly, like like i I don't know how I was expecting you to interact with people, but like how you did was like damn I, mean, I never would have seen that coming, and, and I think and I can I speak to that.
3: that I think I can speak to that because Annie Oakleaf on the surface is absolutely cutthroat, For and sure. yet she she was the like charismatic smiling face of the party, absolutely mm-hmm. when she easily could have been like the. Fuck you! One. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think she under like, based on her upbringing, she's kind of like the slick kid on the street that you meet. Mm. that's like, hey, mister, do you want to do you want to try my friend? <laughs> <laughs> and then Like, they run a they run a scheme, yeah. but it's kind of cute and yeah. endearing.
0: Oh, for Dodger, yeah.
1: And yeah, like, so she grew up learning, like, because she wasn't allowed to go on trips mm. or like with her the rest of the troop for a long time because she was a child. <laughs> So she would be like, yeah, I'm going to go run my own schemes mm. on the streets. Oh yeah. And if you act like a little shithead to their faces, they're going to treat you <laughs> exactly. like a shithead. So she's like, so she's like, tries to be like, you know, the charismatic, like, I don't want to say like Dolly Parton, but you've ever seen like a Dolly Parton interview? Yeah. She's very like bubbly and like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. Howdy y'all. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like that kind of like country type mm-hmm. of person. Um which I relate to closely, because I live in the, <laughs> south, the 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 southeast part of the United States. So, I, th-
0: yes. I think as well, it's, it's really interesting, because in many ways, Annie is the one most suited to the adventuring life, because she's killed before, she's gone through hardship before, she's kind of got that. And like, it, it, one of my favorite scenes was where Annie was talking to Gemma, and Gemma was like, Hey, are your two mates okay? And your know, Votauri just shaved his head like poorly, and he <laughs> yeah, was chanting to no. himself. And you were like, "Yeah, he's fine. I've got Locke over here." Like Locke was staring into the distance. Yeah, like I felt like out of the group, Annie is very much a rock for for those two.
1: Yeah, yeah, she tries to remain very surface level, calm, cool, collected. <laughs> Okay,
4: so um, from Thomas Kazar, is there any new music planned? What about new cast members or guest cameos?
3: Okay, so, hello Thomas, good to see you again. Um, (laughs) Here's uh, new music. Yes, there are two new songs at least coming to you in the third season. The third season is a Bradley Copper season. We're going to talk about that a little bit. It is a continuation of his story. You will hear two new, not new to the world, new to this podcast, Max Hedman songs are coming. Um, you'll get to hear both of those as Bradley performs Max's music through the show. As far as guest cameos go, um, I definitely think there's, there's room in Bradley Copper's arc to maybe have guest cameos. I also, uh, maybe from, it, it is now canonical, I will say this to the podcast world, it is canonical that Bradley Copper and Locke Dangerfield are cousins. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. So you never know when you'll see Jack Dean on a Bradley Copper season. Ooh, um, you never
2: know. Well, I mean, that that entirely depends on if he... Lock if, if Dangerfield Lock survives the rise of Tiamat.
3: <laughs> survives yeah. the
2: rise of Tiamat.
3: So then I have a question to spin from that question back onto you, Holly. Uh, Holly Lyons, when will we see you in an actual season of modular. Will you ever will you ever pick up a, a player sheet and join the ranks Holy of the shit. cast? You've I got half a question. rogue written all over you. Oh
0: what gosh.
2: a fucking what a loaded ass question. Oh
4: my gosh. I mean all I did not look prepared. I mean I Yes. Will you go into the trenches? <laughs> Will you fight for your country? Uh, <laughs> whenever you guys need me. Whenever you guys need me, I, I'll tap me in, coach. I'm ready to go. Put me Excellent. in, coach. Good. I'm ready to play. Today.
3: <laughs> uh, and then lastly, to answer the, uh, part of that question, I don't know about cameos, but we are going to have a new uh, webmaster slash media manager uh, to our credits soon. You'll learn all about him in no time. Uh, next question, please.
4: Uh, this one's from Michelle Houston on Facebook, and it's, it's a three-parter. So I'm going to break it up a little bit. I'm going to kind of try to tackle this. If your character has an accent, how did you decide on that particular accent? If they don't, was there a reason to not have an accent? Um, and then there's two more. Why did you choose to play the character you're playing? What's your character's favorite way to start the day? So if you want to go ahead and approach your number one, and then we'll climb up. Accent
3: out. question.
4: Yes. I think
3: yeah, I, I think that I think that Jack first. Jack should start with the accent question. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I was I was lucky in the sense that uh, joining a cast of Americans, I would I would be the one with a like uh, the mo- like I'd be British, and so it's not an accent to me, obviously. Um, just but also, it, it works for Locke because Locke is like I said uh, I was saying earlier is very much like uh, like a. Not not a one-to-one ratio, but it's a, a lot of myself has pushed onto Locke to make it easier for me to roleplay on him. Uh, so him having my voice, uh, I mean, he even looks like me, more or less. Um, just He just dresses the way I wish I could dress and not look weird doing it. Um, so it's more just about utilising the acts I have. And as I said with uh, Sally Soul, something I want to sort of develop as I... Uh, continue on this podcast is working on accents and other voices because it's something I'm relatively insecure about and I haven't had much experience with. So uh, I'd like to do more of this. So it's made it easier on me to just use my natural voice, which uh, at least one viewer has described as being very sexy. So I think it's I'll true. do
3: that. <laughs> Shout out to well, oh, I won't say her name, but she finds your accent incredibly attractive, Jack. So I'm on Facebook. DM me. Oh, my <laughs> Um, okay, so I can, I can go next. I Mm -hmm. think, uh, voice had to come after like the the character model of Voteroy. I knew I wanted this. I mean, I knew I wanted to play a divine soul sorcerer so I could be, I could be sorcerer plus healer, be nasty as fuck at both. and, And I think that's shown through in the later episodes. Um, but. As far as like a voice, I knew that I wanted this character to be um, someone who's not great with people skills. And I mean, he spent his whole life like going door to door with his dad being like, got any illnesses? Want me to work on them? You know, I've got this inherent healing magic in my body. I can try and maybe heal you. And so I was thinking about like awkward people, like kind of fish out of water things. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Borat is so <laughs> is so good for that like that kind of comedy like fish out of water shit mm-hmm. and so I was like I could easily do a I mean I had to stop myself a thousand times for not saying from not saying Wow! Wow! We wow! <laughs> um, so there, there, was a lot of Borat into the accent of. Volteroy. Is that where "achachach" came from? Exactly, Ach-ach-a-cha, Listen yeah. up, we do not want to stab each other now, okay? <laughs> um, so a lot of that, uh, a lot of Borat, definitely influenced uh, Volteroy's accent.
4: Raven, you've kind of touched on yours. Um, that that southern, that southern drawl. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's a little bit of drawl. Nothing too dramatic, mm-hmm. though, you know. Um, kind of like just how someone in North Carolina would talk <laughs> from a slightly different generation. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just, she's, a, a pun on Annie Oak, Oakley, the sharpshooter, swords performing troupe, that type of deal, so. Okay, yeah. so
4: uh, going back to the second part of that, massive question why did you choose to play the character you're playing
3: luke you want to take us away yeah so so i knew that i I was the third person to pick like my class so i guess in in a lot of D &D parties you probably want to go off of like class composition you know having three rogues might not work out might sneak past everything (laughs) but i knew that i knew that jack was thieves (laughs) (laughs) exactly So I knew Jack was playing warlock, and I knew that Raven was playing um, a rogue. And so at that point, I was like, all right, do I want to be a tank or do I want to be a healer? Because we have our our skill monkey in our rogue, and we have some casting and some face to a charismatic warlock. So at that point, I was just like, what would I want in my party if, if I was the one who picked first? I would want a healer. And so I knew if I was gonna play a healer, I was gonna play Divine Soul Sorcerer. Because it's just so badass. Just being able to twin spell things, being able to quicken spell a like cure wounds on your buddy, that shit is just so fucking fun. And so that's that was the basis of the class. Votoroy Shans came about, I think, just because I was like, I know I want a lawful good character. I want a kind of sheltered character who had not been you know, this guy's not battle hardened. This guy's not charismatic, like uh, usually, I go for like a kind of a charismatic like talker out of situations character and I did not want to do that and I did not want to be the badass. so I was like, I'm just gonna make this really awkward, socially awkward, terrible bed manner doctor um, and that's what that's what created voteroy
2: I love that so much i also
3: mm-hmm. I also like the idea of I don't want to kill you, but heaven's a nice place. So now they yeah. to like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I really like that as your, as
0: motivation as well like uh, throughout the se- uh, season, you've um, you've comforted people quite well, just being like, "Well, you shouldn't feel bad because they're in heaven now, and that's a
3: better place than where they were with you."
0: It's always been, <laughs> and, <laughs> a and I really think good like way. that's
3: a very realistic like doctor mm. having to kill people situation because I'm sure Valderrays yeah. had many talks with many families where it's like, "Don't worry, you know mm. they are on the other side now." So I'm just telling that to the bad guys that want to cut my head yeah. off. I'm like, well, yeah. don't, if this hurts right now, don't worry. In like ten seconds, you'll be you'll be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Love that.
1: Um, Raven, I think this is just me. I think rogues are fun. Yeah. I think inherently, like as flavor wise, they're mischievous. They're kind of sneaky. They're or very very sneaky in my case um they can be a little charismatic they can be a little shithead (laughs) and they kind of do what they want in terms of things and especially with like annie's backstory being a kind of like an organized criminal and like police kind of sometimes organ like ignore those she like kind of goes under the radar i just like that in a character in terms of like personality and being kind of fun and just kind of blending in yeah i think that's why i i had workshopped annie as a bard previously mm. and i was like it doesn't really fit who she is as a person so i made the switch to oh yeah um and swashbuckler specifically is just like a top tier regular oh, absolutely. class in my opinion, 100 yeah. so that's why that kind of mm. and they're charismatic so she would have been that as well. What about
0: you, Jack? Um, yeah, I mean, I've spoken a little bit about, for Locke, I mean, he was a character I've always wanted to play. I've had him uh, on my mind for a long time. Uh, and about how interesting I find the Warlock class. Uh, a little more on that is more just, I find the Warlocks are almost always quite desperate in the sense that imagine you, imagine you live in a world where there's magic and heroes and things like that. And you're a regular person. What would you What would you give to join that? it's like if, if someone came up to you now and went you can have the body you wanted you can have the job you wanted whatever it may be but you have to make a, a shady deal with someone else how many of us would take that and i think the the role play aspect of that is really interesting um much like raven lock started out as a bard the very first time i played him and it didn't quite fit perfectly Sorry. um but that, that sort of desperation kind of uh and that kind of poor deal and sort of making up for it and try and figure it out has worked quite well um but what i will say is something uh something i've discovered that i wasn't really anticipating is a lot of given the sort of the main magic classes of wizard sorcerer and warlock um warlock is um I mean, the the way this always uh, is—I've seen it said about—is like wizards study for the test. Sorcerers are naturally intelligent and can pass the test, and warlocks fuck the teacher (laughs) and get them passed that way. (laughs) And there's uh, there's always an element of them kind of like the magic they have, kind of hacks. I mean, they uh, um, if you if you get the book of uh, the book of shadows um, subclass, you can get any cantrip from any class. and there's at end one of them kind of hacking magic for their own means. And something I'm discovering is I'm pi- I'm picking spells that Votary knows, or at least that like sort of mirror him. So having uh, spare the dying, and in the previous one, sickening radiance, uh, I quite like the fact it's mirroring his experiences, and it's almost like the magic that's being used around him is bleeding into his own experience. Um, and there's almost like almost like a it's quite like on one on one side it's quite inspirational, uh, and on the other side it's almost like quite parasitic and i really enjoy that uh playing lock as this kind of character who means well and is doing the best he can but at his core there is this irrepressible problem that uh will eventually come to a head uh and i enjoy playing that
4: mm. okay these have, been good. <laughs> these have been really good responses like this is just i don't know um
0: it's the wine oh
4: yeah i, I think yeah. the yeah definitely plays a part
3: yeah
4: um the last part of that was what's your character's favorite way to start the day? What's what's their skincare routine? What are they what's their process?
3: <laughs> A prayer to tear, baby. Prayer to tear. Hell yeah. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> hell yeah can't go wrong can't
4: uh, go wrong
0: uh at this point in the campaign considering all the shit they've gone through uh just spending like another hour in bed it's probably Fuck yeah uh,
4: get those
2: e's <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> probably a big and one for a, c- a cigarette
2: so i just want to give you a heads up right now
4: yeah. <laughs> uh, thorin this next one's for you what do you wish you would have known at the beginning of the campaign?
2: Oh god.
4: Mm-hmm. If you could go back and tell yourself maybe, what what would you say?
2: Um, fuck, that's a good question. If I could tell myself that, um Fuck. That's a good question. Holy shit. You're welcome. <laughs> if I was if I was gonna tell myself anything, it would have just been just been buckle up. Um, I I personally liked all of the surprises that came with this season. Um, I like how they challenged me as as a dungeon master and as a storyteller. I I per- personally, I wouldn't have changed anything. Aww. So so I couldn't have been. If I had been told something, I would have said, "Shut the fuck up. That's spoilers." You know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, speaking of you know, buckling up and really, we're we're getting in the car. We're going on a drive. We are strapping in <laughs> for 2022 and potentially where Modular is going to go. So I am going to direct this question towards all of you. What are your goals for Modular in 2022? Where where's this podcast going? What's going to happen? Give me all. Give our listeners the dirty details, or as much as you're willing to disclose at this time, or legally able to. <laughs>
3: Okay, so I'm, I'm going to take this question front and foremost, fucking bulkhead of the, of the infantry,
2: <laughs> or
3: whatever they say. <laughs> um, okay, so I think uh, one answer to that question is, is I think all four of us would love to see it grow. Um, we got our Spotify wrapped from 2021. And I think 56 people on Spotify alone listen to Modular more than any other podcast. Um, that's fucking huge. So thank Mm. you so much to all of those people that listen to this show. I mean, that's more than Critical Role. That's more than The Adventure Zone. That's more than, you know, all these huge shows. Um, And that means the world to us. So if it's 56, if it's 56 in 2021, I'd love to see it be, you know, 100 in 2022. Um, That would just be amazing. As far as where we're going... For 2022 and our seasons, we know that uh, season two of the Bradley Copper Arc, aka our season three, is coming up. It's going to be called Stormlord's Wrath. Wow! If you... Way to fucking spoil it,
4: dude! What a you badass! Bastard. What a badass name!
3: I know it's badass. Okay, so if you if you listen to the finale of Dragon of fire Peak, in that episode, there's a post credit scene which I don't even think Thorin knows about, where after I the music. Don't. After the music, only I think only Holly and I and anyone that listened to it know about it. After the music, I explained that Bradley Copper actually has three more miniature seasons coming his way. So Stormlord's Wrath is coming, and that's probably going to occupy your February and March of 2022. Um, and then we're going to hit Rise of T-Map, and I assume Thorin is going to hit us hard. I would buckle up for everything. I think Character Death is on the line. I think a five-headed dragon is on the line. <laughs> I think I think, you know, dealing with patrons and dealing with qu- the queen of witches and fucking hot gnomes and
2: dealing with <laughs>
3: dealing with your dad whether he's in the cult or against the cult, dealing with your mom's killer whether he's a he's your dad or whatever. There's a lot of shit coming in Rise of Tiamat y'all should be ready for. <sighs>
4: I'm ready I'm strapped in I'm ready to go I am so excited to see where this podcast goes um, in 2022 um, I will be editing listening to every second of it so um, every every painful moment. Um so
2: <laughs> Holly hears Holly a cries. lot that, that, that Holly cries in her office.
3: <laughs> That's true. Holly does hear a lot. Holly hears the shit that, that we would never we would never leak to the public. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Very true. There's some good
4: bits.
2: Some I Thorne will say that for twenty twenty two I fully intend to kill at least one character, be it a character within my own campaign or 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 Bradley Copper himself. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think I think Bradley Copper's going to have some death to deal with for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yikes! Okay. Can I just say the, the ending of that whole arc was pretty fucking wild. Yeah,
3: with Quinn,
0: go. That ending
1: mm. was pretty.
0: Mm. No, I'll oh, nah. just fucking wait. Just fucking wait till
2: Rise of Tiamat. I've I got do, so uh, much
0: planned for y'all. I do one thing I am I am excited for for Rise of Tiamat is if you imagine Horde of the Dragon Queen as kind of being. Uh, these characters starting off their adventure and kind of learning a lot. I mean, from running down a hill towards a burning green nest to, you know, fighting a dragon on a on a flying sky fortress. There, like, there's been this massive development, and we as we as uh, players have learned a lot about our characters and about role playing, about how we work with each other. And I think the next season we'll be using all of that with the highest level we've ever been. We've got the most tricks up our sleeve. We've got all that experience behind us. And we've got a bigger threat to face than we did previously. So I think there's uh, uh, this next season. Uh, the way Thorin always described it was if uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen was Infinity War, this one's endgame. Um,
3: oh, shit.
4: So I, I, I do, think...
0: going off <clears throat> of that, I do want to
2: say I did not... As the dungeon master did not get my Infinity War ending that I wanted, is that my own fault? Potentially. Is that the player's fault? Mostly.
3: No, no, not our fault. Not our fault. Um,
2: Does that mean I'm going to punish them more in the upcoming season? Most likely, because right, I because I didn't get the ending that I wanted. So th-
3: this man's drunk. We have to go. We have to. We have to get out, off this fucking call.
4: Yeah. Thorn is, guys,
3: thorn's is a menace to society.
4: You guys need to drink some Pedialyte, maybe some water. Take a nap. Yeah, I'm gonna go to bed.
0: It's nearly midnight for me. Oh God. Oh
4: my God.
0: I need to take a big old walk. Are there any more questions?
4: Um. No. So how are we ending it? Really. Yeah, that's, that's hey,
2: it. I have a question for Holly. How does it feel being the best person involved with this?
3: Okay, that's such a corny question. Why, Try again.
4: why, why are you sucking my pee-pee on the chat right now?
3: Because
1: you... I, I love laugh. <laughs> Holly had a good you.
3: question earlier. Holly might join, the, might join the cast one day. I hope she does.
2: When, if Holly joins the
0: cast, I'm going to kill her immediately. But <laughs> Please. <laughs>
3: A 4 a f a f a four
0: a four member party would change dynamics a lot. Well, hey, thank you, to listening.
1: thank you, thank you to listening for the podcast. Yeah, thank yeah, you,
2: thank you. Literally everyone who has listened to this season, I know I love you personally. I, I feel <laughs> like we all do, but 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 personally, I I thank you um, for giving me this opportunity to dungeon master. I know I have been harsh. I know I have been hard, and I am I know I'm not expecting you to expect me to change, because I'm not going to. Um,
3: and so. thank you to everyone who appreciates me as DM more than Thorin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, is what? a total number of zero at this point, so
4: fuck you! <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who um, has rated the podcast on um, Apple yeah. Podcasts, who has shared stuff, who has began listening... People are so nice, and they're so sweet, and so um, thanks. Yeah, honestly.
3: Hey, and let's not do an outro. Let me just give shout-outs right now.
4: Do it. <gasps> on the scene? Live on the spot?
3: On Live on the spot? Listen, our music today was written and performed by Max Edmund. <laughs> you can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music. You can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MonthePod. Join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club. Follow us on Instagram at The Modular Podcast. Follow us on TikTok at Modular Podcast. And subscribe to us on YouTube at the Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout out to at 4 underscore crit at modules underscore in modules mobs. So it would be modules and mobs. At RPG Homebrew. At Tiftastic 9517. And at Sinister. Or maybe Sinister, but they did spell it with a P, so it's kind of sigh like there's psych there's psychic sinister uh, and thank you to you to all wait if you want to shout out like them follow us on twitter hear me out that's where they follow us new episodes come out every tuesday and until then
2: hey wait thank before you, you say, for listening. before you say the last bit um be sure to follow max Hedman on twitter at Gurdenhurst um he he he's great he has very funny tweets um, I follow him personally. Me, Thor, and George, and and I recommend him to everyone.
3: Until then, thank you for listening to Modular. <laughs>